Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Toy Photographers Podcast, the official podcast of ToyPhotographers.com. I'm James Garcia, and I'm really excited about today's show. Uh, if you're a toy photographer, chances are you've heard of this week's guest. He really needs no introduction, but I'm going to give him a little quick one anyway. Uh, you've seen his work at places like StarWars.com, Bleeding Cool, The Wall Street Journal, Yahoo, and of course in his book, 10 Frames Per Second, An Articulated Adventure. You know him as Sergeant Bananas, the one, the only, Johnny Wu. Johnny, how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate the uh, the invite. It's a, You do have a really cool show here, so I'm looking forward to this. Cool. Thank you. As I've told you off air, you've been on my wish list for a long time, pretty much ever since I started this show. Uh, you're kind of a big deal in the toy photo community, and I'm a, I'm a huge fan of your work. So uh, if I if I kind of have a few fanboy moments, I, I apologize. Oh, <laughs> man. No, <I'm> just... <laughs> That's funny. Uh well, I appreciate I appreciate the kind words and, and the support as well. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I love uh, just you know before we jump into things, I just want to say I love how technology works these days. Where uh, you and I have never really talked before, but like two or three days ago, you messaged me and you're like, "Hey, I heard the latest episode of the podcast. Good job." And I was like, "Oh, thanks. Do you want to come on?" And like two days of going back and forth in Instagram DMs, here we are doing the doing the episode. Yeah, man, um, it's isn't it's wild. Like you know, like social media, like you said, you know, technology. It's uh, yeah, it's like a couple of days ago we never talked, and then you know, just like you said, here we are. It's it's really crazy with social media. It, it you know, for better or worse, at times, right? It's right. Like sometimes it's too much, but there are a lot of positives that that do come with it. You know like this talking to like-minded people like yourself that's always good it's just a cool thing yeah it really is i love the toy photography community especially and just the um the people in it and uh i'm glad we have this opportunity to talk so uh, let's yeah let's dive into it let's start with you know how did you first get into photography i i think i read somewhere that you started doing toy photography is that yeah correct yeah my introduction to photography was do was through toys i you know quick backstory i guess um back like four or more years ago i'm always gonna i feel like i'm never really like certain <laughs> of this, this timeline but i'm gonna go ahead and say more than four years ago something something around there give or take uh i got back into collecting the old um ninja turtle line like from uh the nine the 80s and 90s the mm. playmates line and so i was collecting those i was just you know getting picking up uh figures that i'd missed as a kid or always wanted and blah 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 and eventually i made an instagram not the sergeant bananas one though so i had it just like a regular instagram and i would post you know occasionally i would post like oh here's my um my haul for this week or whatever. i just post like random figures and you know i would, I would hashtag like tmnt and things like that and and toy and stuff and you know okay and then eventually i started to search I, I would click on those tags and just look around and that's where i first I got my first introduction to toy photography and although I can't remember who it was or, or exactly what the subject matter was, I just remember seeing like toy photography and, and being blown away and be like, wow, like this is crazy. Like people can actually like create art with these, these toys, but it actually wasn't at that point in time that I tried it. It was still a while away before hmm. I ever took to took my phone out and tried it myself. But another kind of piece to this puzzle is my girlfriend, uh, Crystal. She's actually a photographer herself. And during this time of me collecting, I was not a photographer at all. I didn't really appreciate photography. I was one of those guys who were like, oh, anybody could uh, you know, <laughs> click, click a button. You know, I was just like... I used to be like that too. 
I, I honestly would be like, I don't really see it as an art form. I was, I was that like dumb about it, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which is funny now, like fast forward all this time and, you know, everything that, that's come from this, it's, it's kind of funny that I used to talk like that and think like that. And so she's a photographer. She doesn't do toy photography. She's more of a people and like, she really loves to uh, photograph like animals, like dogs, pets, things like that. Hmm. So anyways, she's, she was, she's, been a photographer for a long time and through me collecting and blah 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 you know kind of one thing led to another type deal and then one day i got this idea i was like oh i you know i had all these ninja turtles and i would just stare at them all the time because you know i thought they were awesome and you know i just kind of had all this creative energy i didn't know where to put and sitting there and i'm like oh look mondo gecko he's got a skateboard i'm like i have a tech deck uh, i have a tech deck rail i was like i should have him grind down that thing <laughs> I should I should take a picture of it like I see those other people do on Instagram and so I uh, just and you can see, actually see this photo it's my it's in my feed it's way way down there it's but it's there um, I occasionally will throw it in my story or something every now and then kind of just to you know let people know like everyone you know start somewhere and you know even if you're just seeing my feed now and I because I'll get messages from people like I don't know where to begin and it's like when you look at where where I am now it's like I could kind of see that being overwhelming, like, oh, I don't know if I could do that. But then I like to like show, like, that's why I never delete photos. Because mm-hmm. I like to look back too, you know, like, oh man, that was pure, it was terrible, you know, <laughs> but, right. but, you know, it's always been fun. Um, so I took this photo and, and then it just something clicked in, 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 in my mind. I was like, oh man, this is now, and then I thought like the next photo I was like, oh, I should do this and do that. And, you know, as, as I kind of started doing that more and more, I decided that I should probably make a separate account to post these toy photos slash my collection on because the people that were following me on my regular account probably weren't going to be too into it. And I was kind of becoming friends with some people that collectors and stuff. So I was like, oh, I'll make a separate account. And that is where the Sergeant Bananas account was created. And for whatever reason, when I look back at that time, I, I always think like, I remember I had like 19 followers at one point and I was like, <laughs> wow, like there's 19 people that follow me. And it's so crazy. And, you know, it was, it was just like a bunch of buddies that I kind of had, met through collecting and stuff and you know it it was just a cool thing and i never never imagined that anything any of this would would happen or i would go on this journey from from those days you know to to now i it's crazy yeah yeah i could i could i mean i'm nowhere near as like uh popular or or well regarded as you are but i definitely can relate to that just looking back at some of my photos and i get that same kind of like embarrassed but also like (laughs) oh look how far i've come you know Mm -hmm. um but yeah i remember those early days where it was really exciting and it was just kind of all new and Mm -hmm. you're just having fun with it and looking back and seeing the opportunities that can come from this kind of hobby and and what we're doing is, is really cool and i didn't realize how big a world toy photography would really open up and uh (laughs) you've definitely experienced that you know at the top of the show i talked about some of the places your work has been featured you've worked for for hasbro and sideshow collectibles you've had your work at comic-con like uh one of my follow-up questions was did you ever anticipate you know your success and i'm guessing the answer there is no definitely not it's i don't believe the things that have happened even now you know (laughs) it's like I, i feel like um I'm a victim of never, you know, smelling the roses, as the saying goes, Mm. you know, like I never take time to sit there and actually try and appreciate like what what's happened or things 
you know, milestones or things that I might have accomplished and like things think crazy things happen to like, I get these crazy opportunities and kind of just like, Oh wow. Like, like I'm almost like, it's like a out of body experience. Like, like that's, <laughs> that's, that's me. Like, wait, th- this is, this email is to me, Johnny, like me, <laughs> like what? Uh, yeah. I never thought in a million years, man, that, that I would be doing anything like this. You know, to be honest, I've always, I always felt that I had a creative mind, but I didn't have necessarily have the right outlet to express mm. that. And I really do feel like I've always loved toys. I've always loved action figures. I've always had a very strong connection with, with that stuff ever since I was a kid. Like to me, if I like something, I always wanted a figure of it. I like, I, I just always felt like there was a closer connection. If I could have a, a, a figure of a character that I really like from a movie, cartoon, video game, comic, I always was like, oh, that's like the ultimate. Like now I have a piece. Of, of, right. Of yeah. <laughs> I always felt like that. Like if I like something, it's one of the first things I'll look for. I mean, nowadays it's, I'm, I'm so plugged into this world. It's like, I, it, it's not, the search isn't that crazy, but back then it was like, oh, do they make this character? Would they, are, are they going to make, you know, it's, nowadays it's like, they make everything. Right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I'm yeah. the same way. We're just owning that little piece of, of something you love or, or having a character, even if you don't do anything with it. I've bought toys, mm-hmm. you know, with the purpose to photograph them, but I never did. But just having the toys themselves and having them on display or in my office or whatever it might be, just mm-hmm. having that little piece is, is really special and really fun. Um, so mm-hmm. I, I can definitely understand that feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of like a photo, like you capture a piece of time, like, you you know, certain things obviously are super nostalgic to, to you and what, and what, and uh, when you were younger and what the memories that you have with that. And I have a lot of things like that. Like um, the desk I'm sitting at right now is just like, you know, packed with with toys. Like there's so many different characters sitting in front of me right now. I, um, every time I do a podcast, I'm always sitting here. So like I'm always <laughs> like I'll just like seriously just stare like back and forth, left to right. There's so many on this desk. I just look at it. I'm like I just get stoked about it. I'm like, oh, man look at that and it's like even if i'm just i'm just admiring i'm not even necessarily like plotting ideas or anything but not to say that i haven't got ideas doing that but um yeah there's just something about action figures that uh you know it's like deep inside like it's it's a a deep-seated love for me that i think i'll always have like i always appreciate them yeah, I think that's awesome. And and it comes through in your work, you know, your your love for these characters and these properties and the nostalgia factor. You mentioned those uh, TMNT Playmates uh, mm-hmm. figures. I, I had those too when I was a kid. And, you know, I had like the, the van and even oh, the, yeah. the big dome. What is that thing called? The, the uh, Technodrome and yeah. the party, wa- party wagon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I had those and all the figures. Um, what what were some of the, your favorite toys growing up and some of your favorite toys now? Okay, so to be, I guess I can be a little bit more specific when I was growing up instead of just saying Ninja Turtles. So I, I'll <laughs> go ahead. And, so I used to be a big Ghostbusters. I mean, I am a fan of Ghostbusters, but it, before Ninja Turtles was Ghostbusters, I think that was the first like line of figures that I actually learned who the characters were and like knew which ones I wanted and stuff like that. When I was young, when I was super young, I think one of the first action figures I ever remember kind of like having a bond with was a Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. <laughs> I have that original one from Kenner. Um, I nice. took it every 
I, I took it. I still have it to this day. That that exact one from when I was a kid. I took it everywhere, man. I I loved. I just loved that figure so much. And I even had like a, I think I have a photo somewhere of me like holding it up as a little kid. So so obviously so ham stay puff. Uh, Slimer was another one from that old uh, Kenner's line. The Kenner line. Loved that. And then kind of moving forward into the Ninja Turtle stuff. I really <laughs> I have like such this like. My memory is very selective, but I remember like certain things, you know, like going into Toys R Us. I remember like the way the lighting was and stuff, like walking down the <laughs> aisles and and just like how tall the aisles seem because you're a little kid, you know, yeah. and you look up and it's like, well, it's like I can't reach up there, but like what's up there, you know? And um, I remember uh, one time I went in there and they had a, a full end cap of uh, Ninja Turtles and I ran to it. I walked out, beeline <laughs> straight to the end cap. And um, I just remember grabbing uh, Ray Filet. So Ray Filet, if, if you're unfamiliar with the character, he's a manta ray, but he's like a mutant one. So he's like a humanoid manta ray. And he just look. he has like this uh, kind of grimace on his face. He's smiling. He, he's like, a, obviously he's buff. Because you know those characters are always like super muscled and stuff like that. But <laughs> one of the one of the more more notable things about him that I I just really liked was he would change his suit would change colors in the water. So like back then when I was a little kid, you know, you take baths. So like I would you know in the bathtub <laughs> I would bring him in and then like I would just love like the hot water would change his cutlass his uh, suit. So I would just love to do it. And even, even then when I wasn't taking a bath, I would just go to the sink and I'd like stand on a stool. And <laughs> just <I'm> watch gonna... him. <laughs> yeah, I would just run hot water and be like, you know, just sit there and be like, oh man, that's so cool. So like, I I really loved that figure. That was like a, a main one for me. Slash, the evil turtle from Dimension X. I, I loved that figure too. There's, I mean, what else? Like, I mean, the Sarge of Banana. Okay, so Sarge of Bananas is a Ninja Turtle character. It's a figure. That's where the name came from. When there's not a crazy backstory, it was just like when I made the account, I was like, um, what's your name? I was like, what's one of your favorite characters? And it was that, and it wasn't taken, so I chose it, and now it's become something entirely different than <laughs> yeah. that. But um, so that figure, I've always, I always loved that figure. Just the aesthetic of it, just the green, the the green army fatigues, the yellow, and then just. The gorilla. I, I just always thought that was really cool. Um, I always kind of liked the wacky, obscure animal characters. Like, so there was there was Ray Filet, Sergeant Bananas. There was the giraffe called Half Court, which had like a basketball net around his around his neck, and <laughs> you could actually pull his neck up to make him a little bit taller. Um, Doctor L, who was an elephant like medicine doctor character there was just that line is amazing to me like i still think about it now like the variety that they have and even like the the different sculpts they did it's like it's to me it's like unmatched so those were some of my favorites and then you know uh, after breaking away from ninja turtles it was a lot it was like spider-man x-men i had a a wolverine figure that was I, i took everywhere with me it was the second edition wolverine from the 90s toy biz line it was the tiger stripe costume so it was the blue and yellow i mean i I love that figure. So I still have, I have one. I, mine broke my original, but I bought one like years ago. And I just, uh, I, that's my Wolverine. Like when I think of Wolverine, that's the costume I think of. I think of the animated cartoon. Um, that's, that's token Wolverine for me. Like when I think of him, it's not the brown suit. It's not from the movies. It's not like some comic version, some obscure comic version. It's the tiger stripe. Like that's 
my version. <laughs> yeah, that, I, that's what I think of too, probably because of that old uh, animated series. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then going into today, like what are I, you know, you've shoot with such oh, a wide yeah. variety of stuff. Uh, what, what are kind of your favorites? Um, okay. First, the easy, first thing that comes to mind is the Mondo iron giant that I have. Oh yeah. That thing's amazing. If, 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 you know, I've, I've been asked this question before, if like the house is on fire and I can only grab like one figure, what am I going to grab? That would be it. And, <laughs> and especially, um, now, like I actually had it custom painted, um oh so nice. yeah so I'll shout out to my buddy his name is aaron he's aw designs on instagram he's just an awesome customizer painter dial make he's you know jack of all trades but he's really talented and i hit him up and asked him if he would be into painting it for me weathering him up you know giving him some rust and stuff like that almost like a um kind of almost like a post-apocalyptic type vibe not super weathered but like you know he's got rust on him and and then my other buddy cj who who makes custom uh clothing he's uh c jesse m on instagram he made a cape for him so like because he's he comes with that superman logo like from the you know he's, that's a big theme in the movie where he wants to be superman and mm-hmm. so he's got a cape and he's got the weather the weather paint job and it, he did a phenomenal job aaron he killed that and so that's one of my favorite figures. It, I don't shoot it all the time, but it's something that I always I'm always staring at. I'm always looking at it like, man. And it's a it's actually a one of a kind. Yeah. So the figure is already rare as it is. Not a whole lot of people have that that figure. I was lucky enough to get it while it was it was still basically when it came out. I, I was I think I got it right before it kind of sold out. So I picked that up, and that's one of my favorites. I would say you know besides him, the NECA turtles, the movie ones, mm-hmm. those like in either scale. So you got the quarter scale. Those came out first. Um, those are like a dream come true. Just having the figures from the movie that look exactly like the movie, just being a huge Ninja Turtle fan, having something like that in my collection was amazing. You know, it. I, I have the quarter scale. I stare at them all the time. They look so good. And then I have the, uh, the new, the Comic-Con ones, the, like seven inch ones and those are amazing too so those and then i have uh i mean i have <laughs> this is not this is not me bragging i have so many toys like i like i'm spam I'm like scanning the room um i i love my favorite line is actually the star wars movie realization line mm. uh with the, the samurais when that when i discovered that i was like oh my god this is the perfect thing like i <laughs> I, uh, I couldn't get enough of it. I can't get enough of them. And the Mar- and now they're doing the Marvel too, so I I love those as well. That's something that I I'm always, I'm just all in on that. Like even when even when the character's not that cool looking, I'm still getting it. I'm just I'm invested. <laughs> just need all of them. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I haven't missed one yet, and so yeah, I'm I'm all over that. And then uh, I guess to round it out, I would say Storm collectibles and their Mortal Kombat line. That's it's something that I wouldn't. I, when they first showed the figures, like they showed Scorpion and Sub Zero, I was like, "Oh, those look amazing!" And after getting them, it, they they lived up to that. They they really are amazing figures. The articulation is superb on them. The detail is great. They they just they photograph super cool. Um, and then that they're just that line is is going to keep going. And the stuff that they're showing, they showed at Comic Con. I just wanted to steal them out of the class. I was like, oh man, I need these now. So those are some of the ones that come to mind. Honestly, I could probably do a five hour podcast on just like all that stuff. So yeah, right. There's so many. 
I mean, I, I just love figures. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like you said earlier, they're just they're coming out with so many and pretty much any property you can think of or any old movie you loved or something there. Mm-hmm. They're constantly it's so hard to keep up with the, the news of new toys. And then mm-hmm. just having like a, a wish list of what you want it just keeps growing. It's like, how am I ever going to get all of these? So, oh, I know you can't. You gotta, yeah, I wish, I wish I could, but then at the same time, like, I am, like, it's getting tight in here in this, this, for space, especially <laughs> like, on this desk. Right, like, yeah. Sitting at, like, it's packed. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's talk about some of the, the opportunities that have come your way. I mentioned that you, you've worked with companies like Hasbro and Sideshow. How did, mm-hmm. how did those kind of things come about? Uh, well, I guess, so the first opportunity that opportunity that i've ever had was when i uh, remember disney infinity they're now yeah. gone so it was that it was those you know those figures which are i love so i had posted a photo of, of yoda and i got a direct message from one of the guys that was you know on the disney infinity team and wanted he wanted to feature it and then like we ended up one thing led to another and then they wanted to do a project and that was the first time ever that any company had ever hit me up or wanted to work with me and so you know of course you know i was blown away i was like oh man i can't believe like can't believe this like what's going on and (laughs) um that was the first project i ever did was was with them it was a really cool experience and then shortly after that came hasbro which was another you know these these things like getting these messages from from companies it it always is surreal it's like well i i feel like i have to read them 20 times to like i'm like is this this to me? like i said is this to me yeah you right did, like, did you send it to the right person <laughs> yeah uh, i got a message from from uh, hasbro and they wanted to talk to me about doing a project with them and i'm like hasbro like i honestly remember you know hanging out with a friend at a beach like taking some shots and then him saying like you know one day these guys you know, they're going to hit you up to like take photos from him and I, we would laugh or I would laugh. He wouldn't laugh. He was, he like believed that it was going to happen, <laughs> but I didn't believe it. I was, I'd laugh and be like, yeah, yeah, right. Like whatever, you know, <laughs> you know, that's never going to happen. And like, honestly, it's like all these things that I used to laugh at started to happen. Hmm. And it's not that I wanted, you know, I was forcing it to happen. Like, honestly, like the opportunities I, I was like, I've never went after people like I just do me and I've been super fortunate and lucky to have the opportunities that I I have had. It's, it's crazy to me. So the Hasbro thing was for the force awakens. Uh, That was the first Hasbro toy pick thing. And Hmm. that's where it like started was through, through that project. It was um, they wanted me to take some photos and then with my photos help promote a contest. And then the contest being if you were, if your photo was chosen, uh, your photo could be featured on a panel at Comic-Con. And so that was the, the, the first thing with Hasbro toy pick. And then after that, it was, you know, things kind of kept, kept up with, you know, like other companies and stuff like that. And it just, every time I'm thinking like something's not going to get, you know, like oh, nothing could top this. It something does. <laughs> I, I, it's it's crazy. Like, and there's different things. You know, like with the book, it it the my you know my book that I have that is so 
mean so much to me. Nothing could really top that, but then there's other things that are like on the same level, just in a different way. Let's talk about the book because uh, I I noticed when you were starting to promote it and all that stuff, uh, I think a year ago, mm-hmm. and then it successfully got funded on Kickstarter. What was the mm-hmm. the process behind the book like, and and how did that project kind of form? As as you kind of mentioned, as you did mention at the top of the show, like I had been featured by Wall Street Journal. Uh, you know, <laughs> sounds so crazy, like say saying that because it's you know, and I hope I know you know I know a lot of people listening to the show probably do know who I am, and I don't know if they've ever met me, but uh, I'm not saying this to brag. I really am not. Like I don't really believe it either. <laughs> it's like whatever. But uh, so Wall Street Journal did it. That we did. I did an interview with them, and from that, uh, the the publisher Dynamite. Uh, Dynamite Comics, they contacted me about doing a book. And I had my girlfriend and I had, she was always like, oh, we should make a book of your work kind of just to have, you know, like, you know, just like to look back on and stuff. And it would be cool. And so we had, it had been talked about between her and I like numerous times, but it was kind of, you know, nothing was really going on with that. And then when the actual book company came knocking, you know, it was really insane and i met one of the guys at comic-con and we talked and then kind of went back and forth and then we we came to an agreement and we formed like a a deal and so yeah i signed i basically i signed a book deal and then you know now i'm gonna have a book and so that was that was really cool and then it came time to make the book and you know i learned a lot out of that experience it was it was very hectic and it was very stressful hmm. you know just as as we're all you know artists here taking pictures of toys you know we're our own worst critic a lot of the time right like yeah, you're absolutely. always t- you're always going to kind of hate on yourself in a sense you know that's i think you know, I actually think that's kind of a good thing in, in a way because that means you're still striving to get better. You know, mm-hmm. you're always like, I can do better. I can do this. If you don't have that fire in you, then you're probably going to fizzle out and you might be stagnant. And you don't want that. So going in with a book, you know, it was always a constant battle of like, here's the photos that I want to use. But then I would all, since I'm always taking photos, I would take some new ones and I'd be like, oh, I want to put that in there. So it was kind of this thing of like battling my own self to be like, no, you got to like make up your mind on which photos you want <laughs> and stop trying to take other ones out because you don't like those anymore and you like these new ones more. So <laughs> a lot of that going on and then just working with uh, the designer and stuff and trying to get all that dialed in. And then it, it was a it's a very uh, stressful process. I, I would I would do it again. I think I have you know with the knowledge I kind of learn pulled from from that first experience. It would I would hope it would go smoother. But um, all in all, you know I'm I'm very very proud of, of having that book out. And I think once it did get released, I, I I don't think I looked at it for a while. Like I looked at it, I was like, okay, cool. Uh, and then I just I didn't look at it for like months. <laughs> and I was like. Ah. And now, now I can look at it here and there, and, and and you know, again, going back to the your own your your own worst critic type thing, like I'll look at it and I'm like, oh man, like, like this isn't me now, you know, like this <laughs> right. isn't what, this isn't how I I this isn't the direction that I'm going now. That was kind of like direction I maybe used to be, or as I see myself at least. Hmm, interesting. Um, yeah, it's kind of like a, a time capsule of, of a period in time of your your artwork, you know. Yeah, and the way that it, the way the book was laid out was it was kind of like progression based. So like in the beginning, there's a lot of Ninja Turtle photos, like from from like 
those first those early days of, of toy photography for me and it kind of went that way and so like as you kind of go further into the chapters you can kind of you can see the, the progression and like where kind of where i was going or what was my what, what i was inspired by at the time like the different effects and blah 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 it was like i've gone through so many phases with different types of effects and stuff so there's a lot of, you can see a lot of that in the book too You, you mentioned learning some lessons. I wanted to ask you about that, like working with big brands like this, doing a book like that. Ha- have you learned any big lessons that have kind of changed the way you're doing things? Yeah, I guess, you know, I would say that, and, and I kind of, I think there's, it's hard to be an artist, like a passionate artist and, a, and be a business person at the same time. Mm. Um, I'm not a businessman. I'm, I'm just not, I'm not business savvy. I don't really, I don't think that way first because I, I legitimately just love to do toy photography. I love to collect figures. I love to take pictures of them. And that takes up all my, all my brain space really. Like I think about, I'm obsessed. So that's all I want to think about. But then, you know, when it does come to working with companies, there, there's always this thing where it's like, Okay, so like, how much would you charge us for this? And I have no idea. Right. It's like I don't know. I was gonna do this for free <laughs> on my own. Well, it's it's that, but then it's like you know, and then you got other people in your ear as well, like friends, like man, you should be getting paid, blah blah blah. And then it's it, it becomes a thing where you're kind of playing poker with them, and you're like, well, what 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 do you got there? You know, like what 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 do you got under there? Like, because when I guess the, my lesson is just it's 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 very. It's a very tricky thing, unless you're business savvy. Hmm. I think um, it's rare to find someone that's a very passionate artist and then also a very good business person. But that that'd be a very good combo. I, it could be a right, good yeah. combo for for that person. Uh, myself, I, I I don't feel that I'm a good business person because I just love toys so much. So <laughs> it's like. <laughs> It's an hour that I was like, oh, like, well, you know, we got to, we'll send you these figures. And I'm like, oh, I'm so excited to just get them and just shoot them. But then also it's like, probably, I guess I could get paid for that too. Because uh, <laughs> a lot of the projects, you know, they are, they are time consuming and they can be very demanding. And there are time, there are like quick timelines. Like uh, with Hasbro, it's always kind of in a very fast timeline. And I've never really been a fan of that. Hmm. Um, just because you know the shorter amount of time, and then you get stre- it's it's stressful. It is different when a company is going to send you stuff and they want to pay you, and then there's a different type of pressure that comes with that. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with that. Uh, we did something with, we, you know, we've done a few things through the blog with Lego, and there's a big difference between when they're sending you something to photograph and review than doing it just for yourself, you know, the, the photos that you end up taking and the direction you're doing. And, you know, for there's sure. a balance you have to find between taking photos that you want to take and taking photos that you know that they want to use. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's a, it, it's a hard thing to, to figure out and I don't think I have figured it out. And I, I actually think that it might be one of those things for me where I may never be satisfied when I'm doing a project with the work because I'm holding myself to some standard that I may never reach. Hmm. But I do know that at the same time, and I'm reminded of this through the opportunities, that I'm way, way harder on myself than the companies are ever going to be. 
<laughs> so for instance, like if I take a photo and I'm like kind of iffy on it and I send it to them, I've had this happen where I'm like, I don't know about that photo. I'll send it to them and I'll be like nervous and then they'll be blown away. And I'm <laughs> like, oh, and then I kind of realize, like, I kind of remember at that point, I'm like, oh yeah, like you don't do toy photography. <laughs> like right. you don't look, you don't look at this how I look at, at it. You know, you just, you're not going to notice, you're, you're probably not going to notice what the things about it that I'm picking apart in my head. It's it's interesting in that way where I'm always like psyching myself out. But then I also kind of know that at the same time where it's like, uh, yeah, they're, they don't take photos of toys every day. Like what they might perceive as an awesome shot is not what I would perceive as an awesome shot. And they're not in a mediocre shot in my mind might be mind blowing to them. Right. You know? Yeah. And I find that you kind of have to reconcile too, where I'll take, you know, let's say 10 shots and they want five and I'm mm-hmm. like, I've really agonized over which ones to pare down. And then I remember, Oh, they haven't seen all 10. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're only going to see the five that I send them. And so like, I feel pressure like, well, there's this one. And then, but it's like, well, it doesn't mm-hmm. really matter. Just send the ones that you think are the best or that you think they're going to like and don't yeah. agonize over all the other ones you take, took that they're not even going to see. Yeah. I've had this, I've had this happen numerous times where I'll like, they'll, you know, they'll say, okay, can we get like seven shots or whatever? And just because of the way that I shoot, you know, I'll, I'll end up sending them like maybe double that or more. And within those, within that, um, that number, there's probably, you know, maybe three or four that, that I actually am like confident. And I like, you know, that I'm like not going to rip apart. And, and it's, it's funny because um, those those shots that I like almost never get chosen <laughs> and th- so then I'm like I should have just sent those because then they would have had no choice like right. <laughs> they would have just used those and then I would have been happy because it's a, it's a weird thing you know when you're working like for another company it's like you obviously want them to be happy but you want to be happy too you want to stand behind your work and be like yeah I like that and uh Sometimes you got to make a sacrifice and be like, oh, well, if they're happy, I guess. Like, now I'm not stressed anymore. So, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> right. It's kind of a weird thing because you're, you know, you're doing the work for them, but you are putting yourself out there as an artist and your name is going to be on it. And when people see, because, you, know, you know, there's going to be a lot of eyes on this work that people mm-hmm. are seeing. And so yep. you want you want it to be representative of you as an artist, and so I can I can see that being difficult, especially working with you know, big big companies. Uh huh. It's 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 extra stressful. Like yeah, especially when you know like basically you know, the world is gonna see it. Like the stuff with Lucasfilm it was like yeah, this is mo- a lot of people are gonna see this. So there's an added pressure to it, and it is. It's like it's an awesome opportunity, but then at the same time, it's like it's very nerve wracking. And it's uh, for 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 uh, any photographers out there that you know, this is like they want that they they want to work for the companies. It is cool, but just. I, I think if if they ever do get to that point where they are, like they'll know what I'm talking. They'll they'll feel that. They'll mm-hmm. they will feel what I what I've kind of talked about here as far as the pressure. And it is different. It's not the same as when you can do everything at your leisure and just oh well I'll go I'll go out to this spot and maybe I'll take these figures. There's the freedom of that isn't necessarily there. And there's more pressure added to get the shot. Like if you go out on your own time, you don't get a shot. It's like it sucks, but you can go back another day. No one's waiting for that. Right. You know, like, so. Yeah, there's no deadline hanging over your head or anything. Yeah. And then, and then you go, and then you gotta, you know, I always think like too, is um, there's, there's a lot of, as the community grows, there's a lot of guys, there's a lot of people out there that are gonna, 
you know, they're going to look at that and be like, I could do that. And, you know, there's that pressure too. I, I always want to put my best foot forward is mm. really what it comes down to. And uh, when you're doing these projects, I am always at war with my own mind. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, ah. Yeah, I could see that. Let's talk about, you know, shots for yourself when you're when you're just doing your own photography. What is what is your process like from from idea to execution? I know you do a lot of practical effects. I want to talk to you about some of that, but mm-hmm. but what is like a typical shoot for you like and, and just day to day as a toy photographer? Yeah, I guess like a typical day, you know, if I don't if I don't already have kind of a general idea or direction I want to go. It might just be me at home and I'll just, you know, like go into the toy room and look around and see what grabs me. And then, you know, I'll get a figure and then I'll be like, okay, like I want to take a picture of uh, Ryu or something. And then, you know, then I'll start posing him and then I'll get a good pose or something or something I like, I think is interesting. And then from there, it's like, okay, where would I take this? What environment would it be in or what would suit it best? And then, and then it goes to like, should it be taken at night? And, and should I use, you know, my own lights or should I use natural light or should I use both? And then once I get that figured out, it's like, okay, maybe I got to wait till tonight because I want to take it at in the dark or whatever. So and then I get, I'll dial in the pose and everything. I'll get it all set. However, that may be, if it needs to be suspended in the air or whatnot, what I'll get that all squared away. I'll get the camera settings all squared away. And then the very last piece, then I will say, could, a, could an effect help this photo? Hmm. Would it add? Would it take away? Or what effect would enhance it? What would what will complement the scene best with this character, with this scene, with this pose, with this lighting, blah blah blah. I, I mean, I never. Over time, it's gotten it's gotten more and more uh, detailed, more and more strenuous as far as that stuff goes. Like in the beginning, it was more like uh, I'm gonna go here. I, I, I wouldn't necessarily think about what would make sense as much if that. If that makes sense. Yeah, Um, yeah, it does. So kind of a quick example, I guess, would be like, say, take a xenomorph, right? An alien. Now, when I I think of an alien, I think of a certain type of environment. And I I have this whole, like, world that I imagine them in because of the movie. Mm -hmm. And so I... For better or worse, I can't. I, it's hard for me to pull my mind away from that. So when I, if I was to take a xenomorph shot, I want to kind of replicate something like that. So it's not like I would go down to the beach in the sand and put him in the sand because right. to my mind, I'm like, it's not going to make sense. Now, not to say that that couldn't a good shot couldn't be taken in that environment. That's for, that's why I say sometimes. I I may miss out on things because I'm so like nitpicky with things like that. I would I would just try to find the right environment. I like I'm big on like really trying to have things make sense. Hmm. Like it's it from from what they're doing, where they're doing it, the lighting, and the, and then the pose, the posing. Um, this is is very very important to me, and that's that's grown over time too. You know, it's just a progression thing. Like just focusing on like what. I feel like is super important in a photo for myself, at least. And there goes the dogs. Sorry about that. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> um, yeah, because you know, like a pose can just it can evoke so much emotion and add add to the whole scene. It can sell the whole thing, or it can, in my opinion, if you have everything sound like oh, your your idea is cool, your lighting's good, the environment's good, you know, your composition is good, but then something is off on that pose. Like I can't look away. I can't unsee. 
yeah, at that point. <laughs> it's hard. One of the worst things is when you when you go out and you shoot and you take a bunch of great shots and you come back and it's like, oh, the legs are wrong oh, or that the hand yeah. is upside down. It's just like whatever it might be, you know, it's just. Yeah. And it, it could be the slightest thing, too. It could be like, oh, if you just tweaked that hand a little bit inward. <laughs> or if he was looking would... a little up instead of down. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and then, yeah, today, you know, with today's action figures and the and the technology they put into them and the amount of articulation some of these figures have, like you could literally do so many things. There's almost no limits to what you can do. And so it's just, I spend a lot of time thinking about that, that stuff is like what, what looks good and, you know, angles and all kinds of stuff. So a shot sometimes comes together real quick or sometimes it's, it, I'll, I'll, I'll have it sitting on my desk. Like I actually have a shot set up. Oh, it's going to be a shot, but it's, it's Ryu and Ken fighting and it's been on my desk and they've been posed in the pose I want them to be in for weeks. <laughs> I just haven't got around to, to I, I've been kind of thinking like, like I was saying, like, where do I want to take it? When do, what time of day, what kind of lighting? And then all that stuff I kind of mentioned was, I haven't necessarily like figured all that out yet, but, um, <laughs> The posing, though, I'm inspired by the pose, like, enough to, like, hold on to the idea. And like, okay, like, I think the pose is solid. So if I can get the rest of the things good, then I think it'll come out good. I think that's a really interesting answer because I, I haven't, you know, I've, I've interviewed, like, 30 people on this show so far, and I haven't heard that specifically. And that's not the way I do it. You know, it's I, I feel like the way I do it and the way I've noticed a lot of people do it is you just kind of, you get your figure and then you set it up or you set up your scene or you have like the scene in mind and then you figure out the pose or you go out and mm-hmm. it's like, well, I want to go to the beach. So you just pack a bunch of toys, go to the beach mm-hmm. and then figure out what to do. So I, I think it's interesting that you'll sit at your desk and do the poses there and then build the scene around the pose. I think that's a really cool way of doing it. Well, thank you. Well, first of all, thanks. But uh, <laughs> I wasn't always like that. I hmm. it, It's been um, a, like a progression thing where it's it's gotten more and more like that and until to the point where now it's like i always do that it's like even if i'm not gonna even if i'm not at home i'm think if i'm thinking about something i'm imagining the pose in my head or i'll I'll look up things or like concept art for the character and i'll kind of pull inspiration from that or just little things here and there you know oftentimes if i'm sitting down watching tv i'll have a figure and i'll be posing it the whole time (laughs) like almost like uh, someone would mess with like a like a root Rubik's cube type. I always imagine it's like, but that's my Rubik's cube. I'm just messing with it <laughs> the whole time. Like, and then you know that, like the pose can honestly inspire so much to me. Like, uh, if I get something I like, like the way it looks, like how, how it looks, then immediately it's like I imagine the rest like pretty quick. I'll be like, okay, I like that now, and then it just kind of naturally just goes into my brain. I'm like, okay. Batman, okay, cool. I like that pose. At night, okay, I have him on this, you know, on, in this scene, and I want the light to come from here. And I want, I, I can probably have like smoke coming out of there, and then maybe I can add rain too if I want. And, and there's just a lot of things. And sometimes it's overwhelming, to be honest. Like I'll, I'll <laughs> think, I'll think too much about it, and then I'm like, oh man, it's a lot of work. Right. Or yeah, I'll do that too. Or it's like, I, I picture this amazing thing in my head. And then once I start doing it, it's like, oh, how am I going to execute that? Like, totally. I, don't, I don't have the right things to, to accomplish that, or I don't have the right mm-hmm. backgrounds or whatever it might be. Yeah. Environments are, are, are very, uh, are very tough sometimes with certain characters. Cause it's like, if you only see them in certain areas and you're kind of like, if you don't have a diorama, you're like, wait, uh, where am I going to 
where am I going to take this? You know, like, how am I going to do this? That, that's another thing. I'm very stubborn in that way where I will wait till I have the right opportunity. Like I've had, I have figures sitting on this desk that I've had for over a year or more or years maybe. And I haven't photographed once. And, th- and that's because I haven't had the right idea. I haven't pulled the, like I haven't been inspired yet enough to take them out and get, get a shot. And, but when I do, it's like, I, I, it's like a shark that smells blood. Like <laughs> not, nothing, nothing's going to stop me. Like I, once that, that inspiration bug bites, uh, it's, that's uh, it. I'm going in, I'm going in, I'm going hard. I'm going to, I'm going to make it happen like any way that I can. And that's the obsessive part of me. So, and, and then again, you know, can it even span out over like a couple of different shoots if you don't get it the first time around for, for whatever reason. And then, you know, obviously if you're an outdoor photographer, you're, you're familiar with dealing with the elements and like the light changing all the time. So there's, there's those obstacles you have to deal with as well. So sometimes it just doesn't happen right away. And it, you, you just got to think like, how bad do I want this is shot like how bad do i want it to look the way i want it to like i've become super stubborn over time and i will not settle i will mm. i just i'll walk away i'll be like nah like <laughs> i'll get mad i'll be mad i'll definitely be mad about it but like I, i'm like okay like if you take it now that that you, you might get something still like that you you won't be able to live with though you, you'll get something but you're ultimately going to look at it and be like you could do it better i want to take shots that like when i look back on later I'm like, okay, I could probably improve now, but that was good. Right. Like, yeah, I nailed it at the time. (laughs) Yep. I just want to be, yeah, you know, best foot forward. (laughs) Yeah. I think that's a great way to go. And, you know, I think it it just helps you as an artist to figure out what you want to do and and how to execute that. And I think it's, it's done wonders for, for your photography. It really shows that you learned the skills. You know, I I feel like your, your photography really reflects that dedication. Yeah. and, And, you know, um, I get, I get, a, I'll get a lot of questions on like, how do you do this? How do you do that? Or like, what are the settings? And I, I, I have no, I've shared a lot, you know, I've helped, I've helped, I've helped people out like here and there, you know, over time, you know, I've helped a lot of people. But, but one thing that I, I actually really appreciate about how I've kind of, my learning curve is that my, my girlfriend, Crystal taught me how to use the camera. And so she taught me how to do that and taught me how to shoot in manual. And then the, honestly, like kind of the rest is just like, picking up things here and there, but it was a lot, a lot of trial and error on my end. Like hmm. when I first started out, like I didn't know how to make figures suspend in the air. I didn't know what, like that was Photoshop or blah, blah, blah. I didn't know how to do any effects. I didn't know how to like, it's like, how does, how does this person get like sand flying and or, or rocks or how does that happen? And, you know, like I would see other photos, but I honestly, I could honestly say like, I never asked anybody. I would just hmm. look at it and I'd be like, huh, okay. But it, it, a lot of it comes down to knowing your camera settings. Like right. once, once you know your camera settings after that, everything kind of falls into place. I, I'm very confident in knowing I could, I can probably figure it out on my own because I've done that over the years. Like I'm like, okay, I can figure this out. I figured out how to do the sand effect. I ran with that for a while and then it kind of you know, I kind of went through my phases with, with that stuff. Yeah, that, that really speaks to me because I've been doing toy photography for four or five years now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I didn't get really, quote unquote, good at it until like a, this year or a year ago. And mm-hmm. because that's when I really decided, OK, I'm going to just buckle down and learn how to do the things I want to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for the longest time, it's like, oh, I should upgrade my camera because then I can take better photos, blah, 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 blah. And it's mm-hmm. like, no, you just need to know how to use the equipment you have. Mm-hmm. And then once mm-hmm. you understand 
what all of the buttons do and, and how to accomplish the things you want to do in camera, then mm-hmm. you can add in those other elements. 100%. It, the camera's the tool, but you're you're driving it. Mm-hmm. So it's all, it's like a backhanded, kind of, it's like a weird question that, that I get from time to time. It's, or I'll get weird things and people will say like, what camera, what lens? Or uh, I'll be like, man, I really need to get a, a better camera. And, or people will say things like, oh yeah, you got a, you got a really nice camera, huh? And I honestly, like, I kind of take offense to that sometimes because it's, it, it's not like you would go up to a, a carpenter that built some like amazing piece and you'd be like, man, that hammer that you use really, <laughs> really put together right you know it's it wasn't the the hours and then hours of um, time you've put in all the messed up projects that you've had that got you to to build that thing right like it's it's uh it's that hammer you know it's like it's not it's honestly again i tell that to a lot of uh, people that are starting out like they they want to jump in and get the best equipment which if you can afford it and and you really want to like you know that's your money go for it but at the same time, there's nothing wrong with just using what you have and, and learning the, you know, solid uh, base and like fundamentals and like different angles and stuff. And, you know, once you get that stuff down, like once you do get a camera, you're already going to be a step ahead because you'll you'll know how to compose a shot and everything. And I think right. there's something to be said about that. Yeah, it's funny how I never ended up upgrading my camera i've had like the same entry level dslr for six years or something but Mm -hmm. looking at my shots six years ago compared to now it looks like i upgraded you know it's and it's just from learning the skills and and learning what all the buttons do and stuff like that oh yeah it's like you you keep constantly unlocking little things right Right. like it's like oh now i know how to do this now i know how to do that and you know something funny about about loom cube the loom cube lights which i'm sure we'll we'll talk about too but um i i I would get a lot of like man i really need to get a loom cube on my on like a comment on like my shots and it it, you know it's kind of one of those backhanded things like look definitely like they're awesome it's a tool uh it's not going to do all the work for you though right like you you gotta you, you gotta figure it out like you gotta figure out what you want to do what's your vision and then you gotta execute it and figure out how to do that and when i got a loom cube i really didn't pay attention to lighting a whole lot when i first got one and it's honestly like that little light has taken me on a journey with lighting <laughs> big time and it's become one of the things I'm most obsessed with these days. Cool. Yeah. Let's talk about that. That's the perfect segue. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> the, the, the newest collaboration you've been doing and the newest project is working with Loom Cube for their uh, ultimate toy photography contest. Mm-hmm. I, I know I talked to Trevor a couple weeks ago. Hopefully people mm-hmm. listened to that episode. It was a really good conversation. Uh, yeah. But can you talk a little bit about when you first discovered Loom Cube and then how how you ended up partnering with them? Yeah. So I, I uh, the first time I ever heard of it was from my girlfriend. She, I think she saw it in a mag, like a photography magazine. I don't remember which one. Hmm. Um, and she just she mentioned to me like, oh, there's this light. I think it would be cool for you to use because it, you know, obviously it's super small, it's portable, it can fit in any bag, fit in your pocket. I was like, oh, like she showed, and then I eventually saw it and I thought it was cool. I was like, oh yeah, I think it does look cool. I should get one, but I didn't get one right then. And then um, 
fast forward a little bit and then i went i attended uh, wppi which is a wedding and portrait photographer convention i actually went with my girlfriend's work i mainly went just kind of like hang out but then there's that like a, a convention there so like the sit there was like all all the camera companies and all the cool gear was going to be there so that's mainly why hmm. i kind of wanted to go so i went to that and then loomcube was there so i remember i i, I bought one there i definitely i bought one there i'm I didn't meet Trevor there. I do remember meeting uh, one of the other guys, Riley. I don't know if he remembers that, but I, I, I brought that up to him when I did actually meet him in San Diego. <laughs> but anyways, <laughs> picked up a light there. I picked up one. And then when I came back, I started messing around with it. And that was kind of like, I remember at the time, I was like, I want to do nighttime snow shots, but I didn't have, I needed more light because the way that I need my settings to do to capture the snow how I want, I needed more light to do that. So I got the Loom Cube. That helped. I started taking shots, started getting stuff that I that I was into, and then I was I was tagging them here and there, and blah blah blah. And then eventually, I talked to I don't know, it might have been Trevor. I don't remember if the na- names were really exchanged, but I was talking to them about a possible like you know collaboration at some point. And, and then eventually, they we we had a phone call, and then it was it was at that point where we came like, okay, like, yeah, man, like we really dig what you're doing. At that point, it was kind of becoming a thing. I'd been taking shots with it a lot. I was tagging them, and then um, other people were learning about the Loom Cube too that maybe didn't know about it, and other people were buying it, and then they were seeing this kind of this this rise of the Loom Cube <laughs> in the toy toy community, I guess. And uh, so we we had a phone conversation, and then yeah, it became uh, what you want to say like uh collaborating with them so th- there was that and then they sent me some more gear they sent me the gels and you know all the stuff that you guys got so you got the colored the colored gels and warming gels you know diffusers all that stuff and then another cube so when i got two and it was then i'm like okay now i can have one here one there and i got to be a little more creative about where lights coming from and then just me being having an obsessive personality with things i became obsessed with like lighting hmm. i gotta say i got i gotta give a lot of credit and props to um avanat of uh, vesa mm-hmm. his everyone and i know everyone probably listening to the show knows who he is and if yeah. you don't <laughs> don't know who he is come out from under your rock and go buy his book or definitely follow him it's uh big scenes from a small galaxy i'm gonna kind of kind of uh hype him up a little bit here because this guy um he his work he works with legos he does other stuff as well with models and stuff but one thing that always stood out to me about his work was his lighting his Mm -hmm. lighting is, is amazing yeah it really is i mean his work is amazing all around with the lighting is I feel like lighting is one of those things in a photo that even if you don't care for the subject matter, like if you're scrolling through your Instagram, blah, 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 and maybe you see an ad, but the lighting is interesting, you'll probably stop. Even if it's not something that you're, I find myself doing this, like I'll scroll through, I'll scroll through and, and uh, all of a sudden something catches my eye and it's the lighting that sticks out to me. I'm like, Oh, and I'll look at it. And, and, you know, there was this one time I was scrolling through like the explore feed and I saw something I'm like, oh, that lighting looked cool. I clicked on it and it was this guy. Uh, I don't believe his name is Adrian uh, Murray or it might be Mick Murray, but he his lighting in his photos was is amazing. And he takes pictures of his kids like in their house and the lighting that he has is amazing. And, uh, you know, the subject matter isn't necessarily something that I'm super interested in. Mm hmm. But because of his lighting and the way that he shoots these photos, 
I, I love his work. It's it's one of those things. So kind of going back to Avena, Avena, Avenat, if that's how you say. It. How do you, I don't even know if it's Nedinger. I, I think Avenat. I don't know. I've never. I guess I've never heard him say it. So I don't I, know. I, I apologize <laughs> to to Vesa for that if I'm saying it wrong. But very inspired by his work. Uh, his his work with snow in particular, and then his lighting. So that suit that inspired the hell out of me so i would uh you know i was like how does he do this you know like he always has you know this lighting and so exploring you know on my own with like how to how to kind of you know try and get something similar to look like that and then kind of just going off and trying to do my own thing as well you know i went on this journey with lighting and then my uh, relationship with Loomcube was getting stronger. And, and then, uh, you know, fast forward, you know, to Comic-Con this, this, this year, this past Comic-Con, I knew they were down there and we talked about meeting up. And so we did meet up and, and it, was, it was such a cool experience to meet up with those dudes, uh, Trevor and Riley. They're just super cool, man. They're like just super cool dudes to hang out with. And <laughs> got to film a little video with them, set up a shot and just kind of just talk about all kinds of stuff. Man. Like we had been talking here and there, like over social media for all this time and finally got to like meet up and hang out and, and you know those dudes are awesome and loom cubes are you know I, more and more you know there's people are uh, picking them up and, and having a lot of fun with them which is really cool to see yeah it's, it's it's hilarious to me that they didn't know toy photography was out there when they created this thing because it is <laughs> it's just perfect for toy photography just its yeah. size and its versatility and we were talking you and mm -hmm. i on on instagram yesterday before you know as we were scheduling and stuff and mm -hmm. you were telling me about just how you've like dropped yours and how sturdy it is and how oh yeah yeah just like how much experience you've had with it just using it uh it's mm -hmm. such a such a cool tool yeah it's like a it's basically like a gopro light you know like because people i know there's surfers that use them at night like they they'll put one on their board and surf at night they're because they're that bright <laughs> and, and obviously you know they got the waterproof factor too so i actually told i think i had told trevor i was like you know i feel like i could just hit this thing with a bat not that i would but i <laughs> I, bet you I could just hit it with a bat and it would be perfectly fine like it's such a sturdy light it's super durable and you know like like i you know you mentioned we were talking you know last night or whatever and, and i did I've dropped mine from like eight feet up <laughs> and just hits, hits the ground and it's, you know, doesn't even turn off. It's still going. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I have like some of my lighthouses are pretty banged up. I, I mean, I definitely put those things through the ringer. Like I, I'm not, I'm not shy about getting them dirty or anything like that. And so I've, I've, I put them to the test and, you know, I, I showed you that photo where I lit a firework off on, on basically on one and it, you know, it's definitely fine. Yeah. That shot was amazing. I'll, I'll, uh, <laughs> if it's cool with you, I'll include it on the, the blog post for this episode. Cause it is really cool. Oh yeah, for sure. Go, go right ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, just loom cube, man. It's, it's been really fun to, I, I think it's a good, a good, uh, entry to like a lighting, um, system for toy photographers because, Especially if you're an outdoor person, you know, you don't, you might not want to be lugging around like professional lighting equipment. Right. But at the same time though, this, this is like, I'm going to go ahead and say this is just as good. Like, you, you know, the, the tool, right? Mm -hmm. Like you, if you're using it in, you know, in a, in a cool way, it's just as effective. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mentioned in our review episode last week that, uh, you know, I have a couple big, like, umbrella lights that I used to use for video stuff, so they're, like, pretty good studio lighting setup, 
And I, I think I like the Loom Cube more than those lights, um, just because of how versatile it is. And it's just as powerful, if not more powerful than those are. It's way more convenient. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's definitely, like you said, it's about the tool, not necessarily the most expensive or biggest or fanciest thing. Uh, mm-hmm. How has it been working with them on the, the actual contest? I think we've got a week. By the time this podcast airs in a couple days, we'll have about a week left of the contest to run. How's, mm-hmm. how's it been so far? It's been really, it, the response has been great. You know, I'm getting tagged like no other. <laughs> I, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> I, I, like, I, it's hard for me to keep up to be honest like i so if you're listening to this and you're like he hasn't seen my photo it's like i'm, I'm getting tagged like crazy but all the photos that are entered you know in the, in the correct way if you're tagging both of us and you're entering them through through their uh, on their on the site they will be seen and we will they'll have a fair chance so it's it's crazy the amount of people that are are getting behind it and i think you know there's a lot there's there's definitely good prize packages too mm-hmm. to boot and you know, I will say, like, you know, I think a common thing is once you get one Loom Cube, you want another. Right. Because then you start thinking, like, well, this is a good, this is really strong, and there's a lot of light coming from it. But also, maybe if I have the light over here, I can backlight it too, or I can have it over to- over the top, or whatever you your ideas call for. You start to kind of realize, like, I could use more than one. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that's what happened with me, and it's like now I use four, like, pretty consistently. Nice. Um, it's kind of at the same time though. Sometimes I'm kind of like, man, I gotta figure out where four lights go. <laughs> it kind of gets it gets a little daunting at, at times. As you mentioned earlier, we could I could talk to you for five hours. This has been such a, a fun conversation, and I, I love talking about toys. And thank you again for for being here. But uh, I just want to wrap up by by asking, you know, do you have any big goals for 2018 and beyond like what's what's next for you i guess uh, just you know the uh, generic answer easy answer for me would would just be to keep creating stuff that that i'm into you know and and then you know meeting other people that you know like-minded people like yourself and having conversations like this it's always fun to do that i am working on something currently right now that probably will be coming out shortly that is it's uh, I'm, I'm excited about i'm also stressed about <laughs> it's one of those it's one of those so hopefully that uh that it comes out cool that'll be within you know, probably a couple of weeks now i'm scared to, i wish i could say a month but probably a couple of weeks yeah i'm really looking forward to like you know just the figures that are going to be coming out because I, I get that question. I get the question like, what inspires you? And one constant thing is always the figures themselves. I always, I'm always saying that now. It's like you see a figure that's coming out, and then you want it, and you want it because you want to take pictures of it because it inspires something inside of you. You're like, right. like I like that character. I want to take him here. I want to take him there. I want to try this. It's the figures to me that that really provide so much of the inspiration. I mean, not to say there isn't other areas that I get it from as well, but really, it's it drive that drives me it's like that's why i think i collect so much as well like it's part of it now or it's i want this i want that character because i could do this there and then i could take this person and add it to that scene and put it in over here and there's so many something it's it's endless like (laughs) i think my collection is getting crazy (laughs) <laughs> I, I can understand that and as we mentioned earlier just that wish list just keeps g- g- growing and growing and growing you know it's just oh man yeah, yeah. companies aren't going to stop making figures and i'm not going to stop buying them <laughs> <laughs> which they'll they'll be happy about for sure uh, oh, and okay. maybe some some more cool opportunities will come your way because of it hope yeah we'll see you know that would be cool 
hopefully um either way just taking photos and having fun because that's honestly what it's always been about for me and uh we didn't get a chance to talk about your podcast but i'd, I'd like you to plug that oh, real quick okay. and then um where can people find you online yeah so uh for those who may not know i do a a podcast myself it is called they're not dolls you can find it on basically all the platforms itunes i always mess this up i feel like i always have to ask one or the other <laughs> <laughs> itunes uh i think stitcher's another one Podbean. that sounds right you can find us on instagram at toy migos that's that's you know that's our instagram there um that'd probably be the easiest way if you're looking to or just go on iTunes and type in there, not dolls. You can find it there. And then also, if you want to see more of, of what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Sergeant Bananas. And then also on Facebook, Sergeant Bananas Photography as well. Awesome. Thank you again for, for coming onto the show and, and talking to me for, about toys and, and just all of this stuff. This was a, a super fun conversation. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm honored, man. Thanks for the invite. And yeah, this was a ton of fun. And you know, like, like you said, this could go on for a lot longer, so right. <laughs> <laughs> gotta cut it off somewhere. Thank you so much for listening. You can find new episodes of this podcast and daily articles on creativity and toy photography on our website, toyphotographers.com. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. We also ask that you please leave us a five-star review. That'll help spread the word about the show and help us get noticed. You can find us on Facebook at Toy Photographers and on Instagram at underscore Toy Photographers underscore. Music for this week's episode is courtesy of freemusicarchive.org. And finally, you can reach out to us with comments, concerns, recommendations, etc. at toyphotographypod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'll see you guys next time.